Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to another edition of the SC Time Sports Report podcast. My name is Zach Dwyer. Joining me as he does, well, I would say every week. It's been every other week the last couple weeks. But Brian Mosey is here again as well. Brian, how are we doing today? Doing good. Yeah, I, it's, it's been a little bit of a slow couple of weeks, but uh, we've been getting some town ball stuff done, some other little things here and there. I know you you were kind of working on a project, so that'll be coming out here soon and um, got a lot of stuff kind of on the horizon, so hopefully um, plenty of content coming your way here shortly. <laughs> yeah, so today it won't it won't be our probably usual 40 to 50 minutes today, I think it's safe to say, but we are going to go over, um, we have a lot of town ball, amateur baseball that has been going on. We've been getting out to uh, quite a few local teams, and now we've, we've seen them a little bit in the regular season. We have postseason starting up kind of all across the board throughout these different leagues here in central Minnesota. So we'll go through a bit of those brackets today, talk about some of the favorites, you know, what it could mean going forward to, you know, regions to state tournament, you know, all of that good stuff. Also talk a little bit about um, St. Cloud rocks who are off to an incredible year in the Northwoods league as well. They just had their all the Northwoods league all-star game and a lot of guys impressed there and written a couple stories about them too. So we'll touch on those. And we'll wrap up with some MLB draft stuff today, too, with, um, you know, local player being selected. I know Brian's going to be talking to this week story coming out and just some other um, movement throughout the minor leagues with guys from the central Minnesota area. So all baseball all the time today. Brian's dream, basically. Um, so, Brian, where do you want to start with? Yeah. <laughs> what should we do? Um, I think the best place is probably let's start with town ball just because league playoffs are kicking off. Um, we got couple weeks of league playoffs here this weekend and next weekend and then you know at obviously with amateur baseball it's a long process to get to that state tournament so <laughs> um you have to win the league playoffs or at least finish in the top six top eight top ten whatever and then go to the regions and then you make it to state so um a lot on the path to a state but uh i think it's good to just start with this just because we have games happening even tonight yeah so We'll kick off with um, the Sock Valley, since we have a lot of local teams in there, especially some we've seen in the last week. Um, you know, we have some top seeds here. St. Joe is number one seed on the west side. Um, they'll be playing this weekend, their first game. They're waiting for um, a play-in opponent who they'll play coming up. You also have Sartell Muskies, or the two seed from the west this year. Didn't win their um, regular season title like they're kind of used to, but still have been going on kind of a tear lately. You saw them on Saturday. Play. And then you also have Soccer Rapids, who they played on Saturday. You saw them beat, who has been kind of revived this year after a couple-year hiatus. Um, some other Monticello's number one on the east side. They'll also be kind of looking pretty strong. You know, looking at this bracket um, that Brian beautifully put together, all of these brackets in his copious free time, apparently. Um, you know, what stands out to you? What kind of matchups or paths, you know, seem kind of likely? Who do you expect to kind of see as we go down the road? Yeah, I mean... 
kind of your big ones that I would assume um, would be St. Joseph. Um, they have a pretty nice path to get to that title game, in my eyes at least. Um, you have to play either the winner of Clear Lake or Rogers that they play tonight. So St. Joseph will have a little bit more rest compared to these teams that are playing tonight. Um, and then they'll play the winner of Sartell Stone Ponies and Clearwater. Sartell kind of has a nice draw, too, I would say. I mean, they're playing the number two seed from the east with Clearwater, but Sartell Ponies, I mean, the Stone Ponies, they look really good. I mean, they they looked good against the Muskies, um, along with the Muskies. I mean, they, they kind of started off the season, and this is kind of one of the stories that I wrote on Saturday was, you know, the, the Muskies started off the season a little wishy-washy. They started off pretty strong, winning, I think, four or five. And then after that, it was hard to score runs. I mean, they lost the Stone Ponies, I think, two to one. They lost the, the Joes three to one. So not a whole lot of offensive production. The pitching has been pretty solid all season long, but the the, the bats weren't going. And then all of a sudden, this past like week, week and a half, this spark just kind of flew and it, it, it lit a whole fire under um, the Muskies. And they were able to win 10 nothing against Sock Rapids in the first game of the doubleheader on Saturday. Then they went back and they beat uh, Clear Lake 12 to nothing. Um, they even had a no-hitter pitch. So, I mean, it it seems like the Muskies are hitting that stride right when they need to. And um, obviously with a week off, you don't know what to expect. But uh, I'm guessing that they're going to still continue to keep rolling with the bats this week as they go into practice. And my guess is, is the Muskies know they have a very veteran team. They know exactly kind of how to how to play these rounds and how to play these playoffs um, to be able to get to that state tournament. And so it wouldn't surprise me to see them in the championship game, possibly upsetting um, Monticello in that semifinal game. Um, so for me, I mean, it it wouldn't be too much of a surprise to see St. Joseph playing the Muskies for that title game later on um, down the road next weekend. Yeah. And I believe was that the finals last week, uh, last year, I feel like we saw that same matchup there in the league finals last year. So yeah, the Muskies have been on a tear, like you said, just kind of looking at some of their top hitters from this year. Um, you know, Andrew Dieters, as usual, you is hitting the ball as well as usual, 481 average slugging 673. Um, incredible there as always. And then Jacob Merrill too, coming off a really good season with Sartell is also, you know, he's one of the, the few guys kind of hitting of the younger guys hitting over 300, but he's, He's way up at 447, also slugging 511, um, a ton of hits, a couple doubles too, um, and not striking out very much at all. So, you know, you have a lot of guys that um, are getting on base a lot and are helping that um, that Muskies team look good. So, yeah, and we saw, you know, we saw St. Joe play Avon. They didn't have the best hitting performance that night. It was just an exhibition game, um, and they were trying out some different things too. So we couldn't take too much away from that, but Avon also, you know, a number one team in their division we'll get to later. So, yeah, both of those teams – have looked really good. I would kind of agree. I, I wouldn't be too surprised to see them facing off here and possibly again later in regions trying to fight for a spot at state. Yeah, and, and with St. Joseph, the one thing I will add is they have a lot of depth. They, um, I mean, even when we saw them play Avon, they had 16 different guys play that night. And I asked, I was like, is that normal or is that just because it was an exhibition game? And it's like, no, it's normal. I mean, typically guys will, will filter in and out after like the fifth, sixth inning. And let other guys play because everybody's so talented that it's like it's not like you're putting in your best guys. It's, you know, the fact of you have 16 really good, good players and you got to use them all. And so 
Um, they also have a lot of pitching depth. They have a lot of young guys on the team. There's kind of this new generation that kind of kicked into St. Joe's, and they have you know college guys as well as high school guys that are kind of starting off this team, um, as well as you know the veterans, Brandon Block, you know a handful of different guys like that that are kind of those veteran players. But um, yeah, I, I'm excited to see kind of what they're able to do, and I know they're pumped that they've got the one seed because. Like you said, the Muskies have been kind of that number one seed most of the time. So being able to kick off the Muskies and be able to be that number one seed, um, they're they're excited and they're kind of ready for that challenge of being that one seed. And then before we move on um, from the Sock Valley, I know you also wrote about um, the Sock Rapids team, the Cyclones, um, them kind of coming back. You want to just talk a little bit about their story. I know you're probably going to see them tonight too in their play-in game. This is their first year back in a while, kind of what led to um, their revival as a team? Yeah, they, they disappeared about 20, in 2019, um, mainly because they didn't have enough Sock Rapids players. A lot of their team was based around other cities outside of Sock Rapids, and um, you could just kind of get a sense that things were going to kind of di- diminish and vanish. Um, and so this year, they had a lot of, over the last couple of seasons, they've had a lot of success in the high school league, um, and they... They've had a lot of, I mean, obviously, Sock Rapids going to the state tournament for high school baseball um, two years ago was a huge deal. Um, the Storm also had a really good season this year. And so a lot of those players want to keep playing in the summer league and they want to play for their local hometown. And um, so this year they were able to get, I think, a roster of about 14 players. Uh, and all of them except one is from Sock Rapids or Rice, which is kind of the main area. And then the other one's from Sartell, but he graduated from Sauk Rapids. So, um, so I mean, all local guys, that was kind of the, the requirement was that if you wanted to form a team, you needed to form a team within your city and make sure all the players are from your city. So um, they have 14 guys. Most of them are kind of on the younger side. You have guys like Terrence Moody that's on that's that just graduated from the team this year from the high school team. Jeff Solars, who's a junior that's going to be a senior next year. You have Tyler Hemker, who graduated in 19, 20, 2019. Um, I mean, a bunch of different young guys that are either college guys, high school guys, or just getting out of college. So Tyler's kind of looking at next year they want to get some more veteran guys. They want to get some guys that are a little bit more older and, you know, have been in the Sock Rapids community and wants to play in, the, in this baseball league. Um, but overall, he's just excited to have the team back. Um, they're looking forward to it, obviously. Being the number four seed, they have to play a play-in game, and they're going to be playing the um, Monticello, the number one seed, right away, which, I mean, for them, they're excited about it. They, they're they looking forward to possibly trying to punch their way into getting a spot at, you know, at, at the region tournament and being able to continue on with this first year of pretty much kind of unknowns and a lot of excitement. For sure. So that's definitely something, you know, to keep an eye on with these teams Um, out of this Sock Valley League. The top six teams um, are going to advance on to region play. So even when you lose a game here or there, you're still battling to try to get one of those spots to get a chance to play at region. So of these 10 teams, six will advance um, further on before we'll have their season end. And then um, we jump down um, on the, the very handy story that you put out earlier this week with all these matchups to the central Valley league, where you have brackets for the North and South um, division, four teams each 
and uh, three of those teams advance on to from the top part um, to the Region 11C tournament with those Sauk Valley teams we just talked about. And then um, the teams from the Central Valley South will go on with Stearns County League teams, um, the ones that advance that we'll get to later today. So um, of that, you know, what stands out for these, Brian? I know we haven't seen a ton of these teams. We have seen Cold Spring. We have seen Kimball play. Um, and both have looked good in the appearance appearances that we've seen of them. Um, you know, it's there's not a ton of teams that aren't going to keep their seasons going from this, just with how it's structured. But uh, what jumps out to you with this bracket? Yeah, I mean, with with these particular brackets, with, uh, starting with Central Valley North, um, I got to watch Kimball play Cold Spring uh, a few weeks ago, and kind of a fun matchup. I mean, the two top teams and. Um, Kimball just being a really good team overall. Um, they definitely have that pitching and the balance between pitching and hitting. Um, when they were, when I watched them play, they were playing the Cold Spring Springers, obviously a class B team. So a little bit different of a, you know, an approach, um, compared to playing a class C team, but, um, Kimball definitely has that balance to be able to make it to that winner's bracket and being able to possibly take that number one seed, um, Cold Spring kind of have your balance or your mix between veteran guys as well as younger guys, guys like Brady Blattner that's on the team that's kind of younger, guys like David Jonas um, and Jake Brinker that are kind of the more veteran guys, I would say. Um, so kind of a nice balance between those two. And um, I'm excited to kind of see what kind comes out of this. I mean, I would expect Kimball to be able to win their game and then Cold Spring being able to win their game. Um, obviously you don't know how it's going to go, but, um, the nice part is, is that if you win your first game, you get a week off before you have to play your second game. And you also know that you're locked in, um, to go to the region tournament. It's just figuring out who's the one and two seed. Um, if you lose, you're playing the next day, right, right away. And you're playing for a chance to continue on in the postseason. So, um, a lot at stake in this sense, as for the central Valley South, um, Luxembourg, looking really good this year. Um, I know they only have a handful of losses this season, so um, I'm expecting them to be able to get to that championship game. As for Watkins, um, kind of a side interesting note, um, they did sign Trevor Koenig to a contract who many people know of as a Rocks player. Um, Obviously, he's graduated and can't play for the Rocks anymore, Um, and he played for St. Cloud State for a number of years, and so it kind of fun to see a local guy being on a on a team and I would expect him to be used quite often <laughs> with the amount of talent that he has um that I wouldn't be surprised to see Watkins in that championship game as well going to um region 15c as a as a one or two seed yeah last time I saw Trevor Pitchy threw a no hitter um for St. Cloud State so he's you know he's kind of the real deal for sure after <laughs> being a starter for you know four four years there um, and really consistent guys. So yeah, that'll, that'll be fun to see how that plays out. Um, kind of hard to predict just with the structure there and what it's going to all look like, but expect a lot of those teams that you mentioned to be moving on, see them probably down the road at the region tournament, playing some of those top sock Valley teams too, which is fun. Cause we get a couple exhibitions a year where those crossover, but it's really that playoff time. We get to see them, um, really show up. And then moving on to, um, our last two, we have the Stearns County league, um, which has eight teams. Those teams, this one's pretty straightforward for the most part. It's just the eight teams play each other out and then some some different wrinkles for seeing who qualifies for regions. And then we also have the Victory League, um, which has a 16-team league. 
but it's broken into two different brackets um, for the actual playoffs. So from these two, Brian, um, you know, what, what, I guess, what's big news that people should know for these and who are the top teams, who are the top seeds that could really make some noise? Yeah, for Stearns County, um, just because we're kind of in the middle of it with Central Valley being able to be a part of the Stearns County League, um, with the North bracket, your number one seed is El Rosa. Um, they've had a really good season, um, a lot of balance on their team as well. They have been able to crush the ball lately, so um, I would expect them to be able to kind of do the same thing um, heading into the playoffs. Um, number two seed for that particular bracket is New Munich. Um, they, I don't know as much about that team, um, but obviously being a number two seed, expectation is to get to that um, championship game and being able to play there. On the south side, the number one seed is St. Martin. Um, one of the popular names, I guess, around the area is Brady Goble. Um, he's on the team um, for St. Martin, and um, I would expect that team to be able to do some damage throughout the season. I was able to watch them play um, very early on in the season. I think they were playing. I think they were playing um, Cold Spring Rockies when I went and saw them, um, and definitely a, a very talented team there. Um, Richmond, Richmond has, um, obviously being close to the cold spring area, um, some, some interesting crossover in the sense of which players are going to be playing for cold spring, which players are going to be playing for Richmond. Um, the Thielen brothers, I mean, Carter Thielen, um, he's on the team as well as, um, Grady Notch who played for Ricori. Um, you also have, uh, guys like Cam Miller who played for Ricori. And even a couple guys that played down the St. Cloud Tech Community College team, um, they, they're they also on the team as well. So um, be interested to kind of see how they do, but I would expect them to be pretty pretty good this upcoming um, weekend and being able to score a spot there. As for the Victory League, um, your number one seed is Avon. We were able to watch them play um, in that exhibition against St. Joe. They look really good in my mind. Um, they have a handful of talent. They have a lot of guys that kind of came onto the team. You have guys like Peyton Randall um, from Ricori. You have Elon Mesquita from um, the St. Cloud team. Um, you have some other veteran guys. Um, they have one guy, um, Reese Gregory. Guy is a beast. I mean, literally you throw him any type of ball and you're just hoping that he doesn't hit because if he hits it, it's gone. Um, he has a lot of power. One of those three, four seat or three, four batters for them that um, you can pretty much expect him to either hit, you know, a double or a home run or nothing, <laughs> because he's kind of an all or nothing guy. It seems like. Um, also on that side of the bracket, number two seed Saint Stephen. Um, guys like um, there's plenty of guys from the local area that have been on that team. Um, I know for for this particular side of the bracket. Um, you're kind of expecting kind of that Avon St. Stephen matchup towards the end of the season. Um, and I would pretty much expect the same thing just because they do have a lot of talent, a lot of skill and a lot of balance. Um, there's plenty of guys on that team. Charlie Kent from Sartell. Um, he graduated a couple of years ago. Um, he's on the team. Tyler Gentle from, um, from Sartell as well. He's on the team. Um, so, Jack Greenland, the catcher um, that was on the Sartell State Tournament team 
a couple of years ago. He's on the team as well. So Andrew Wallach um, from Sock Rapids, he's on the team. So a lot of recognizable names from um, from around the area that maybe graduated a couple of years ago. Um, but I would expect those two teams to be kind of big names going into the tournament. And then on the other side, on the northeast bracket for victory, um, the number one seed is Niswa, and then the number two seed is Fort Ripley. Um, not as familiar about those two teams, just because they're very outside of our area. Um, but, I mean, basically, you kind of have a handful of different teams that I would expect to be making a push on that side. Um, you also have local teams like Piers, um, Foley. Foley's the number four seed. Um, they'll be playing number five, Buckman, in the first in the first round. Um, the two Piers teams will be playing each other as the number three and number six seed. So some good matchups heading into the first round. And, um, yeah, definitely excited to kind of see how everything unravels. Um, just so that people have an understanding, this weekend and next weekend will be league playoffs. So um, the things that we've been talking about will be happening for the next couple weekends. After that, um, they'll be punching their tickets to regions. And then regions usually happen for a couple weeks. So first weekend of August, second weekend of August will be um, those those particular um, region tournament matchups. And then after that, you have the state tournament. And typically the state tournament lasts three weekends. Um, it's a very long tournament. Um, usually like the top two or three teams in each region get a bid to the state tournament. So there's a lot of teams that start off and then you kind of work your way through. Um, but the state tournament championship usually is Labor Day um, on that Monday. So um, quite a bit of competition you have to get through. Basically, you have to kind of go. You have to lose maybe a couple games, but that's it. Um, otherwise, you have to pretty much win out to be able to get to that state tournament um, championship game. So um, be interested to see how everything goes. All of these teams are Class C. Um, Cold Spring Springers are kind of the only local class B team in our area. Um, and so those guys will be playing for quite a while. The, they they don't really have as much of a league tournament kind of like these other ones. Um, so they'll be playing regular season games for a little bit until that state tournament kind of approaches. Yeah, so yeah. a lot to, to keep track of there. You can check sctimes.com um, to look at the breakdown of these brackets, the seeds, when teams are playing. Um, and that'll fluctuate a little bit depending on umpires, who advances, all that kind of stuff. But for the most part, you can keep coming back. I know Brian's going to be updating that um, throughout the summer as we go on. Because like you said, it's still five, six weeks possibly until we kind of find out how these teams end up fully. So um, he'll keep updating that as we go. And then one other thing to add before we move on is that um, we talked a lot about Avon and St. Stephen at the top there. That when they just played on July 10th, it was an eight to seven game. So as you can imagine, if those guys meet again, um, you're probably bound for a really good matchup. So that'll about wrap up um, amateur baseball. Move on to Northwoods League with the St. Cloud Rocks, who just absolutely tore up the competition in the first half of the season um, and have kind of continued that same trend um, since we got back from their, you know, for them, their break or the midseason break is like a day. They play however many games, you know. 60 games in about 62 days i swear during their season so you definitely get a lot of action and they've just been um just completely dominating they finished the first half they they wrapped up that title you know five six games before the end of the first half is how dominant they were so 
they already have clinched a spot, you know, in the playoffs. Um, but that hasn't really slowed down their motivation to keep on rolling so far. Um, they're for one of the first times all season, they're not actually in first place during the second half. They're nine and three, um, to start the second half of the season after a six and oh start, um, to the second half. But in the first half, they wrapped up that title with, um, a 25 and eight record, which was, um, I believe if not the best, I think it was the second best, uh, win percentage in all of, all of the Northwoods league. So, um, you know, Brian, we, I think we've each seen them at least once or twice this, um, this summer now, and we've kind of been following along what, what's really impressed you with their season. What, what have you really, um, kind of taken a notice in how they've been able to be so dominant? Well, I think the main thing is, is, you know, when you go to rocks games, a lot of the times it's the local talent. I mean, over the past few years, we've been blessed to have, you know, Trevor Koenig. We've been able to have the Barth, you know, Jordan Barth. We've been able to have, um, you know, a handful of different guys from the area that, you know, that that's kind of the reason why you go is because it's like, you know, I want to see these local guys play. And they usually play pretty much every single every single night. Not so much this year. Um, you know, obviously Jack Styles on the team. He's been having a little bit of an off season, so he's not playing as frequently. Um, you have John Nett, who I know you you just wrote a story about him, and we can talk more about that because um, that was an interesting story just to kind of read about. Um, but um, other than that, not a whole lot of local guys. And so it's been kind of fun to just kind of watch some of these guys that are, you know, from around different parts of the country coming into St. Cloud and being able to watch them play. Um, you have some familiar guys that made the team this year, but many of them are young. Uh, many of them, I mean, last year St. Cloud was stacked with a lot of senior guys. So obviously all of them graduated. So you had to kind of find some new talent that, um, that you didn't have last year. And so this year it was kind of like, you know, who are these guys and are they really good? You know, because obviously there was a huge expectation coming into the season after what they were able to do last year. And they haven't really blinked an eye that you got a brand new manager who's, you know, kind of continuing the the traditions of what happened last year and creating new ones of his own. And then you have all these young guys that, you know, eight of them just got selected by the by the MLB draft. And so now it's like, I mean, it's amazing to see that, you know, the amount of talent that's coming to St. Cloud and being able to uh, to watch that every night is kind of pretty cool in my mind. Yeah, I know. You have yeah, a ton of guys, you know, former Rocks players, like you said, that have been drafted recently. And then you have all these new guys that are, you know, they had the most selections at the All-Star game. They had seven, the Northwoods League All-Star game. Also, it was the Rocks coaching staff because they had the best record on their side um, of the league. And then not just having all those guys there, but, you know, Charlie Condon, he won actually the Northwoods League All-Star MVP at two home runs, went three for three in a walk, um, was perfect in the field too. So not only are they clearly, other teams are taking notice of how good they are, but they're performing on those big stages too. And that will be key because, you know, they did make it, you know, obviously as you covered them a lot last year, all the way to the championship game, fell short. I'm sure they want to right that wrong this year. And they seem to have the talent to be able to, to get back there and possibly do it so um been really cool to see what they've been doing so far yeah like you said with um john nett someone who is just every every you know game he's played for st cloud state has been impressive basically since he got on campus um a little over three years ago he started basically every game last two years he started every single game in center field for them um he started every game in center field for the rocks too and usually hits at the top of the lineup has an 
insane um, on base percentage, um, batting average, walk to strikeout ratio. I mean, he's got it all going on and the attitude you want at the top of the order. So that's really filtered down too. He's improved his defense a lot too that their coach Brian Lewis has noticed. His ability to throw from center field has gotten a lot better in just a couple weeks. Um, and it's probably only going to keep getting better. So he, it's been cool to see him play that well. And he didn't play center field until he got to St. Cloud State either. He used to be an infielder. So he's been a really solid piece for them um, that they can count on every single game. Because like I said, he does not miss a game. He's Mr. Reliable. So um, having him and the guy, yeah, like you said, from St. Cloud, not originally from here, he's from Wisconsin, but to have someone like that you can see in the area is cool. But then, yeah, they've just up and down the order just been getting – Great performances all year. They also had um, Chase Grillo. Their, their closer already has the record for saves in a season. We're like barely halfway through the season. He's already got the record. I think it was 12 or 13. Um, and he also got the save in the All-Star game. So, I mean, they used him there too, right? So, it's just, it's all kind of rolling for the Rocks right now. It's about as good as you can imagine. Um, so, it, it's been cool to see them continue that trend ever, you know, since I've been here last, you know, three, four summers, they've been... Winning has just kind of been the expectation. They want to keep improving that, and they're definitely on the way to doing that again this year. Absolutely. And I guess, I mean, kind of continuing on with the Rocks, like you said, seven former Rocks players being selected into the um, MLB draft this past year, or this past week. We just finished off the MLB draft maybe, I think, yesterday. Um, And so um, Andrew Pintar, he got selected by the Arizona Diamondbacks in the fifth round. Rally Cornello, um, he was selected in the seventh round by the Washington Nationals. Caleb Ricketts um, in the seventh round by the Philadelphia Phillies. Nate Peterson, um, eighth round by the Milwaukee Brewers. Dylan um, Nedved, selected in the ninth round by the San Diego Padres. Drew Garrett, um, 19th round by the Philadelphia Phillies. Brendan um, Tisman, 19th round by the Los Angeles Angels. So, I mean, a handful of guys that got drafted, um, some of them might not take the, you know, might not sign the contract and might play, you know, more college ball or whatever. Um, But some of them, you know, usually if you're in the 10th round or better, typically you sign. Um, But if it's your kind of last opportunity, obviously you'll sign and play in in the minor leagues and such. So um, be interested to kind of see how those guys do kind of local news wise. one of the local players that got drafted, um, Dylan T-Break, um, he was selected as in the eighth round by the New York Mets. Um, he played for Ricori, went to Creighton, um, and played for Creighton. And uh, now he's heading to the Big Apple for uh, some, I mean, to play, obviously, minor league ball, but hopefully with the dream of being able to get to that major league spot uh, sooner than later. Um, but kind of cool to see this this kind of happen i mean um not a whole lot of times i know we've had a few for the nfl draft that have been drafted um, but definitely cool to see some local talent being selected um on this large of scale yeah pretty high draft pick too i know a lot of i know in recent years too um i don't think since we've been here but we've had some guys like trevor for st cloud state that got drafted you know late really late rounds as a high schooler um but to actually have someone drafted that high after you know being in the area, going on to college, playing well, Division One um, is really cool to see too. And you know you have guys like that that were just drafted. I know we have a couple local guys too that are starting to kind of try to make their way up um, that minor league system as well that you heard about recently. 
Yeah, I mean, um, the 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 one that I kind of know about. I know you know another one, um, but Ryan Hennen, um, he was with um, the Col- Cold Spring Rockies, um, kind of one of their aces. Um, but he just signed a free agent contract to play with the Kansas City Royals, um, and um, he's been in the low A um, farm team right now, and um, seems to be doing pretty well. I know he played a little bit in the Frontier League, a little bit, I think. Um, before playing for Kansas City, but um, definitely a, a cool opportunity for him, and I know he's been really enjoying it, talking to David Jonas. Um, he seems to be having a lot of fun with, with this opportunity, and um, I, I guess I'm excited to see kind of how he grows um, and sees and hopefully makes his way through the ranks to possibly get a little bit higher in the farm team system, and you know who knows what, what could possibly happen in the future, but I know you have one other one, um, that's been making their way through the the farm system. Yeah, I don't I don't know if we mentioned it on the last podcast because it's been a couple of weeks, but um, Joey Stock, who pitched at St. John's, um, is from St. John's Prep. You know, pitched for pitched for the Rocks too. Um, you know, he was I think it was probably almost over a year ago now signed with um, you know signed with the Red Sox, signed his contract to start trying to work through their system. And then I know just with how how baseball has been in the couple last year. It's been hard to get any minor league games. Um, so it'd been a while, but you know, he was able to, um, play a bit, you know, you have low A and high A now before you get to double A, triple A. And he'd been playing in their low A affiliate, um, been playing really well, um, and moved up to, um, he was playing in Salem, Virginia, and then moved up, um, to, you know, the higher A team. Um, and has already been in his pitch a couple of games there. I think his first games, he threw a couple strikeouts. He had three strikeouts, I believe, in one hit and two innings of work. Um, now that he's moved up to the, the higher the higher team. So he, he's been doing good, too, working his way through. You know, Jordan Barth, who you mentioned um, earlier, has played for the Rocks a couple of times. I think he's in the Frontier League right now as well, has had some good games. Um, and, you know, just like Ryan, you talked about moved up from that to the to an affiliate teams trying to make his way up i'm sure jordan's kind of on the path to doing the same so yeah a lot of local guys I'm sure there's other ones we don't even know or are missing but you know those are the ones that um we've kind of seen twitter other places that are uh making their way around so it's always cool to see them try to rise up see where they end up one day yeah absolutely so so if you haven't had enough baseball stuff um i'm sorry i mean i know we didn't really talk much about baseball but um but that's kind of all the baseball stuff we have, and honestly, that's kind of all the stuff we have. Period. So. Yeah, that's, <laughs> I would say that's a fair assessment. You know, there's been, I know Brian, if you if you're interested, he's written a couple stories on um, new athletic directors at Sartell, Sock Rapids Rice. Um, have some other stuff coming up too. We both are working on projects. I'm working on a project um, on soccer in Central Minnesota, the rise of that, growth of it, where it could be going. Brian's working on a story on kind of. Um, participation in high school sports and those trends over you know many decades and what what that could be leading towards what we can take away from that so we've been kind of doing those on the side focusing on those a bit and then still trying to you know um give these guys current you know updated content as we as we cruise through those but um besides that we're already goodness we're already kind of third third week in july we're already um you know probably what three weeks away from some teams already starting football uh training camp the ones that are having those zero week games so sooner than you may believe we're going to be uh pumping out football content being at practices getting all that going but we still have a little bit of time to to focus on amateur baseball the rocks those kind of things but um football is just on the horizon 
Yeah, and just to kind of let people know what's going on, I mean, I'll be over at the Sock Rapids game tonight. Um, we're recording this on a Wednesday. Um, but basically, unfortunately, I mean, I guess fortunately I'm working Monday through Friday because I get my weekends off. But unfortunately, all the action is happening on Saturday and Sunday, most of it. So um, what what you'll be expecting is um, after the weekend's done, I'll come back on Monday, kind of go through all the scores, all the highlights, um, and be able to put up a nice little story about all the different stuff that's happening in the area, um, update the brackets, all of that type of stuff. So hopefully you'll see um, plenty of content uh, regarding town ball and um, what's going to be happening the following weekend and, and so forth um, as we get more and more into this, you know, postseason and stuff. Um, but other than that, we got a few different feature stories on the horizon um, with new football coaches, um, kind of some new um, new aspects of that, um, as well as maybe some more head coaches. I know I did one part of um, head coaches, new head coaches that are going into the next school year. Probably going to have some more coming out here in the next week or two. Um, so stay tuned for that as well. Yeah, but besides that, that's um, I'd say that's all we have for today. I didn't think we'd we'd go this long, so we did pretty good, kind of running through um, some of the amateur stuff. So yeah, keep an eye on that. Like I said, Brian's gonna be updating that each week, keeping you informed. And we're gonna try to get out to um, as many games as we can. But otherwise, I think that'll about do it for the podcast this week. Um, I would assume I don't know about next week yet. Once again, it's gonna be kind of might be every other week for um, about the next month still. So we'll see. But then. Um, once middle of August hits, we're going to be back to every single week. So definitely keep an eye out for that. But otherwise, I think that wraps it up. So once again, thank you for tuning in to the SC Time Sports Support Podcast, and we will see you again next time.